This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. I was doing a keynote a few years ago in Utah for Veterans Day. I was invited out there by this really nice organization that wanted to have me speak. And one of the things they mentioned up front was that they didn't have a budget to cover my fee. I said, that's no problem. We can work around that in that case at that time in my career. They said, what can we do for you? You know, I said, well, you're in Utah. I've admired Stephen Covey for years and years and years and the seven habits of highly effective people and things I quote all the time here in the podcast and Impact Actual in general. They said, well, we may be able to find somebody, you know, who knows somebody at Stephen's house because Stephen had passed away by that time, but it was before Sandra, his widow, passed away. We lost her a couple of years ago. And so I said, man, it would be amazing if I could meet Sandra and just say hello and talk and share my appreciation for what he's given to us as his contribution in life and society. Well, it turned out they had somebody that knew her and asked her and she said, come on up, come join us at the house, have a cup of tea and we'll talk. And I was just thrilled by that. So I flew to Utah, did the talk, and we were looking forward to that Saturday morning when I would go up to her place and meet Sandra Covey, widow of Stephen, founder of the Seven Habits Concepts. And for those that don't know, you really need to check out The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It's a a reference that I go back to every single day of my life. And I talk a lot of the concepts that I talk about in Impact are from The Seven Habits. So I was really excited about this. And only as I was getting ready to do the event on Friday that I realized I had to be back in D.C. Saturday night, not Sunday night because I had promised my partner at the time that I would take her to the annual Navy SEALs Christmas party. And I was torn, massively torn by this because I had this incredibly exciting thing. I was going to go to the master's house and see Stephen Covey's house and meet his wife and have tuna sandwiches or whatever. I was just thrilled beyond belief. And at the same time, I had this very important commitment. There's only one annual Christmas party for the SEALs in D.C. And I would promised her I would take her months before. So I had to reach out and tell the coordinator, listen, I am so mortified by this, but the reality is I can't go meet Sandra Covey. I have to stand her up. And I was just torn apart by this, but I had, I, there was no other way around it. I couldn't fly magically and be there by Saturday night if I went up there on Saturday afternoon. So she said, no problem, I'll let her know. Well, she gets back to me and says, well, that's interesting. It wasn't just Sandra. And I said, what do you mean? She said, it turns out that Sandra is going to have Stephen Jr. there too, the heir apparent of the empire of seven habits and everything. Stephen Jr. was going to be there and Catherine, their daughter. And I said, oh my goodness, I'm really in it now. I screwed over three amazing people that I want to impress and have like me. And she said, no, you got it all wrong. They do like you. In fact, when we told Sandra, she actually got really quiet and said, that's wonderful he's standing us up because he's walking Stephen's talk, because the right thing to do is keep the first promise and go back that Saturday night for the Christmas party. And I was blown away. It was really, really a paradigm shift for me, which is what Stephen Covey talks about. That's what, you know, he talked about the paradigm shift a thousand times. And it was a paradigm shift for me to understand that this person could be so open-minded and realize that I was ripping her off, screwing her over. But in fact, it was a great thing for her, even though it seemed awful to me. 
that was an, an eye-opening experience for me about how people can appreciate authenticity in others. And that's what we're talking about today. This episode five is on task five of the 12 tasks of Impact Actual, the high impact system. And as you've heard in previous episodes, the first four tasks are to commit to growth, to build your body, mold your mind, and heal your heart. Now we're up at search your soul for the soul dimension. The reason I talk about soul, I want to really zoom in on this a little bit. You talk about the mental or the mind, you talk about the emotional or the heart, and people can tend to think that the authentic part, the integrity part, the ethical part, the moral part of the person is in one of those or both. But I want to tell you, I've been advocating for this for years, it's not the case because the mind, if you just talk about the mind dimension, the mental aspect of a person, think about Hitler's henchmen. Hitler had some really strong-minded people, some brilliant people. Mengele was a very intelligent person who had the genius to cause massive devastation on human lives. That's not very moral. That's not a very decent human being. In the heart area, we have people who are just so open and all safe space for you and all these things. It's great. It's important to be emotionally resilient, have a good emotional intelligence. However, that also does not necessarily include authenticity, being completely true to your word, because a lot of people who are really wrapped up in the emotional world are going to lie to avoid hurting other people's feelings. This is a dual-bladed sword. I like to call these the peers. The mind and heart are really peers, but on top of that, above that, is the soul zone. So we talk about the integrity, the moral life of the person, the ethical life, and, and task five of the 12 tasks, Search Your Soul, is about diving deep on that and acknowledging, hey, I've got this fourth real power. We talk about the five powers, body, mind, heart, and soul, and also the domain of integrity of your boundaries. So setting a healthy boundary is the done zone, the fifth power. But in soul is this simply being who you say you are, when your words match your actions and vice versa. Really excited today because in this lesson, in this anecdote, we are talking about integrity. We're talking about a lot of folks you know. I've seen bumper stickers on cars that say, Lord, save me from your followers. And ideas like that just really expose how slightly complicated it gets when we talk about religion or faith or belief systems, about dogma, about one's personal creed. A lot of folks get wrapped up in it, like the Pharisees, and they're all about the motions and not the actual meaning. They're about the form, not the function. So our guest today is a person who's very close to me and very close to you now as you follow Impact Actual. Jason Rowinski is our Director of Training and Development. And I want to jump over here and actually give you the bio. So Executive Impact Coach Preach Rowinski has held multiple roles. Preacher, coach, professor, director, author, trainer, speaker. Now the Director of Training and Development for Impact Actual. Whatever the title, Jason's life work is to help individuals and organizations develop their full potential, leading and teaching people in online classes, mentoring, small groups, traditional classrooms, and conferences of 3,000 people. He's the guru of groups, leading, communicating, and relationship building. With a nod to ancient Greek wisdom about great teachers, he is our, quote, bridge for you to cross into the realm of infinite growth, success, and contentment. Now, I did mention in that that Jason is a preacher. We call him preach because he's an actual preacher, an ordained minister. And we'll talk briefly a little while from now, Jason, during this show about how you and I met and how we began forming this shared idea about what integrity is as compared to the 
expression of faith, how about you just live it? In fact, there's one great expression I saw. I think it was Martin Luther. You'll know better than I did. He said, preach the gospel daily, and if necessary, use words. When one is being authentic, people know it just on sight. So, Jason, welcome aboard. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks. Looking forward to it. As always, we have here our on-air producer, Eric Bond. Eric, Coach Eric, say hey, brother. Hey, fellas. Great to join you guys today. Really excited. Jason, great to speak to you. Yeah. Rob, great to connect. I'm ready to roll into EP number five. This is a trifecta of impactors. Yeah. We have three insiders on this one show. That's a rare thing. You know, usually our guests are from outside and we talk about, we'll, we will be talking about stuff from outside. We'll be talking about your experience, Jason. That's what's really the whole point of this discussion is to say, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you have to say. You've, you, I mean, you're no longer uh, running a church. We know that. You're actually running a different organization separately from Impact, which is about taking care of the community. And, uh, and you actually have a boss now in, ter- in church terms uh, who lives with you in the house. Um. <laughs> yeah, my wife, the, my wife, the Anglican priest, is the boss of me in every way. And then my, her two little acolytes, my five-year-old and three-year-old, are definitely also the sub-bosses. I'm really pretty much right on. Right so, on. Yeah, that's how that roll. That's how we roll. That's what a man should do. A man should serve. We are taking care of others. Hey, that's that's the part of the governing center you're talking about. Absolutely. So, but you uh, can you go back and just share with the audience what where where we first connected and how we first got into an actual practical activity together. What was that all about? Yeah, you know, I, the audience might remember a time back before uh, Twitter was a wasteland in a lot of ways of of division and uh and troll bots and all sorts of things and it was 2011 and 12 and you had i'd just seen the book powerful peace uh you know a navy seals lessons from a lifetime at war which to me was really interesting um i'd known some people in special different special forces communities over the years and um it was always I, I always look to elite teams and groups just for examples of how you can learn and train people even when that comes to the church. But your message in powerful peace resonated deeply with me. I just finished a second master's degree at Gonzaga and it was in communication and organizational leadership and I had written a thesis called Blessed are the Peacemakers. Uh, and, and I have a real heart for helping people know how to resolve conflicts. So then I found your book. And so I'm thinking, how's this guy, you know, ultimate warfighter, uh, ultimate tough guy of tough guys kind of thing, the, the ideal that we have in our head and, and with Navy SEALs, um, you know, the kind of man's man stuff is coming out with a message about peace and, and really some solid insights, not just like we need to have war to have peace, so to speak, but really the art of peacemaking and where hard power and soft power comes in. And so I, I just resonated with, I think your soul comes through in that book. The essence of, of who you are, that's your governing center. So I reached out to Rob on Twitter for the audience you're listening. I reached out to Rob and said, hey, man, let's, I'd love to talk with you more about this. This is where I'm at. I'm a pastor. We got to talking. We also found that we had a, kind of a shared interest for men's ministry, helping kind of shape men beyond I'm just a tough guy or the other extreme, I'm like a passive guy who's given up all my power to everyone and everything in their lives. 
And what would that look like if, if he came in as a speaker and sort of piloted some of that powerful peace concepts for um, a church group uh, uh, the, of intergenerational men from 13-year-olds to uh, guys who are retired? And we went down to the Ozarks in Missouri, and uh, it was a phenomenal retreat location. Um, we had some really neat things. We even overcame uh, a father who had recently lost his son to a tragic accident came on the retreat. And Rob, you spoke to his soul as well. In, in one of those moments, you gave him one of your your knives, uh, symbolic, you know, of of, of really a hard fought battle and in. Uh, that you that you'd been you carried with you in the battle, and something that you wanted him to carry forward is remembering what was really important in life. And so, just a lot of beautiful things happened. That in um, our paths crossed, and we kept talking about where this could go, and coaching and training. And you know, we weaved in and out each, of each other's lives for a while, like more intentionally, less intentionally, as things were happening for us. But uh, I'd like to say God always find it, found a way to reconnect us. And that's why we're here, and that's why Impact Actual exists. So I'm uh, I'm excited about that. It really is because that's where, you know, a lot of folks don't know our backstory, but you and I are the core of what this is. The Certified Impact Coaches, everything that came from that, is because I realized there was no way I could do this. Uh, I don't have any experience in organizational leadership, or I can't organize my way out of a paper bag. And <laughs> and Trisha and Melissa and Patrick and Eric know that yeah. now because we've built this thing. And thank God for it. I, I have my strengths. We have our zones of genius, our zogs. Yeah. And uh, we do our things, but, um, but mine was never in building an actual structure that could make this happen. And before that, it was just all best int- you know best uh, best wishes like hey i hope it works together but but rob on his own like i strongly encourage everybody listening is is not anything robust enough to actually make a big difference in the world the big difference comes from working with others making teams yeah absolutely that's where this is the certification of coaches came about through us working together and that <clears throat> led to today's unchained course and what we're launching in this early part of 2022 uh, I want to get back to the basics, though. I mean, Eric, you're from, you're in New York State. I'm from New York State. Jason and I met and took, went over to the Ozarks and paddled canoes and lived in cabins. We got to get back to that. And so, for those listening, <laughs> there's more of that coming. There's some, there's some good earthy outdoor stuff and retreats to look forward to once we get all this admin stuff out of the way. Well, you used a good word there too, Rob. I mean, there, there is something about the quickest way to to re-engage your soul is to get out into creation. I think that is why we went to the Ozarks. That's why you paddle canoes and and get out there more than just the training side of it is. If we're going to talk about soul, um, it's essential. You can't be disconnected from the physical creation. And that's the power of it is it's just so visceral. We feel the energy. We feel the power of God, divinity, creator, nature itself. When we're there, yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm a professional guide. I, I did uh, seasons of canoe outfitting and guiding in the Adirondacks and mm. and in Virginia, and uh, we have more coming up as we're able to get on different waters in different towns and states. But um, I've seen kids, like real tough kids, um, who are posing. Back to the subject of authenticity. Yeah, um, and we talked about that with uh, the previous episode on heart with Chris and Mark, 
who are talking about uh, being empathetic bosses and how leadership is really based on tuning into human beings and the emotional needs of people. It's not lovey-dovey, airy-fairy stuff. This is, none of it is. This is practical, like you said about my book. When people talked about powerful peace, when they first heard of it, uh, they said, oh, wait, this is a Navy SEAL writing about peace? <laughs> that isn't usual. Uh, doesn't, it's like a hippie dude with long hair and a headband. It's, no, it's a SEAL, a Navy SEAL, uh, yeah. you know, a veteran SEAL from every war I've been in every war since the cold one, since 1985. And and yet I know, like Washington said himself, his greatest wish was to, to wipe that pestilence from the earth, the scourge of mankind called war. I'm not against violence and the ability to use it because sometimes you have to apply that tool. But but that's what we want the listener to understand. It is being a genuine person. Right. Like Jordan Peterson, you know, a person who stimulates a lot of conversation, pro and con. He talks about a, a good man is not a not a quiet, passive man. A good man is a dangerous, dangerous man who controls that ability to be dangerous. I couldn't agree more mm. on that point. I believe that being able to to uh, to do great things, uh, including violence if necessary, is the only thing that can really protect those who are, who are defenseless. Right. Um, that's part of my authenticity, part of my belief about how to be a human. Um, you have, you know, you identified, like I said, you talked about that in the book, and you're, you see a lot of people in your in your former business in the church and with uh, staff doing the church and now who talk a great game. But I really would love to hear, and I know others would love to hear what you think about, I know you have a heart for the people. 100%. Mm -hmm. I am, I, I got to own it. I got to say, sometimes I really open, you know, give uh, hypocrites both barrels. Well, that's part of my bag. That's my issue. I could be more loving. I could be more understanding. Yeah. But I, I was hurt by hypocrites as a kid. You know, that's what I, why I left the church in the first place before I came back 20 years later. So what do you what do you want us to know about the, this this disingenuous element of people who just really walk around beating that Bible over people's heads and saying, here's what's right and God knows and you're, and you're wrong. And, you know, the punishing, hypocritical, not walking the, the peace path type. You know, when we encounter people any walk of life or walk of faith who who act in these ways a lot of that posturing or a lot of the outright hypocrisy that'll just drive you nuts you know there's that joke we say uh, who hurt you but the reality behind that question is those people are wounded and let me tell you part of my divorce story uh, i got married young um, to a great gal but she had not found some healing from her past. And so um, it came to a point where she decided she wanted to just go on her own journey. She felt like that was what was good for her. As we were processing that out, I felt the anger and the rejection and the pain coming through all of that, like full force at me. And I realized at my moment, I would call this my soul or my spirit, spoke to me and said, if I'm a pastor, I was a youth pastor at the time, and I love this person, regardless of whether or not that love comes back. And so instead of seeing her as someone who was hurting me, which she was, I mean, the, the, the actions, the words, all that stuff was hurt, were hurtful. I saw deeper and, and had a revelation, probably from God, to see this whole thing as tragedy. It's tragedy. It's not what should have happened. Um, she was wounded. I saw the little girl. I saw the confused person. Um, 
I saw someone trying to find themselves and I could admire the strength that it would that it took for her after five years of marriage to say, I think I need to figure myself out before we have kids. And so um, I would say that that was, from my Christian perspective, my really trying to follow Jesus. And so when I'm encountering people out there and, and people act crazy or act a fool, as the kids might say, I, I really do wonder who hurt them. What's their story that I don't know? Because I can tell myself a story about those people and even some of the worst people. But there are the redemption stories. I mean, one of the great songs of the Christian faith is Amazing Grace. And it's about a guy who used to be a slave trader. And if a, if that kind of person can come to the realization and, and, and that they're abhorrent behavior is terrible and there's still hope for them, then my job uh, as a pastor and really I think as a Christian or as a, a spiritual person in any way is to hold the door open and, and consider that possibility. Uh, but people are wounded and they act like wounded animals when you're caged, you know, or you, you, you default into some of your evolutionary programming of fight or flight or freeze, or some of those things, which are ways to avoid. And, you know, some of that's posturing, and, and you see how people posture, and people who've been uh, disempowered find power, and they can find power in a place like the church where they couldn't find it out there in the world, and religion gives them the right in-group, oh, now I belong, and you're the outsider, you know? And so you see where all of those things come from. It doesn't make it easy. I'm not saying I willfully walk around like a monk, and with like a halo, I'm frustrated and I have to go to prayer and go for a long walk in nature, uh, talk to some people sometimes, be, but to remind myself of that core of what I really believe about people and what I really believe about God and the soul and redemption and possibilities as we like to talk about at Impact. People always have potential to change. So... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's where I land on some of that stuff. It's, it goes deeper than that on, on some levels, but, you know, it's, um, you have to know what you're all about. You really have to know what is the ultimate, the most important. Aristotle would call it the telos, philosophically. What is the real end game? What is the most important thing? Where is this all going? And uh, that then, and you build it from the ultimate end game and you build it backwards. It gives you a perspective on, well, if I'm going to get there, then I need, to, I need to look backwards on how I'm living to make sure that I actually do get there. And for me, if it's um, the basic definition of Christianity is, you know, basically being in a relationship with Jesus and becoming like Jesus, then that's going to govern every decision, every action, every word. Um, every career choice, how I treat my family, all of it. If I say that that's my goal, and, and whatever your religion or your ultimate goal, your telos is, um, then it's a, it, there is a part where it's up to you to find the way to bring it into alignment. Now, religion is supposed to be a way to bring that into alignment. The word comes from the Latin ligare, which is a ligament. So it's supposed to be those ties that bind us to that goal, um, but we all know that religion and, and other things that pass as religion, uh, political beliefs and so, things like that, have the goal that really ends up being power or really ends up ultimately being selfishness so or self-preservation only. 
And, uh, and, but if you don't have that center, I don't know, it's a North star, a governing center, um, your true self knowledge of all that. I don't know how you get there. You're just, to me, you're a leaf blowing in the wind, right? And whether or not it's God, I would say it's God. I would say it's Jesus. I respect other people who have different paths. I know atheist people who have found their governing center and aren't selfish, truly. So, um, while we may disagree about some of the other things, I deeply respect that because they found their authenticity and then they, they align their lives toward that authenticity. There are people who act more Christian than a lot of Christians. Hmm. Speaking as a Christian, <laughs> we, yeah. we all know this. Let's just be honest. There's a yeah. lot of people who are not Christians, whether they profess a faith of their own or don't. I mean, Gandhi himself said he had yes. greatly admired the person of Jesus. Yes. And some would argue he was much more Christ-like than 97% of the people walking around yes. in their nice clothes saying, I'm so loyal and faithful and pious. Yes. And, and Eric, we were talking in a previous episode with John McCaskill, the SEAL commander, about authenticity, right? I mean, it was, we were on the subject of yes. mind back in episode three, talking about mold your mind, but John dove deep on why men, you actually brought it up yourself, right? Why do men specifically do so much posing in authentic behavior? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, when I think of, obviously in Jason's line of work, I mean, his background and authenticity, and this may be an unpopular take, but I feel to some degree that there's a lot of zigging and zagging. And I think people gravitate in certain positions, and I mean, not to bring up priests and, you know, little boys yeah. or anything like that, but... Well, you just did, so... Yeah, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. And it's you the know, reality. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then I think you find people that sometimes haven't had a great deal of power, been in a position of leadership, and they have been somewhat tortured individuals in their life, and mm -hmm. they've never found that authentic self that once they find themselves in the church... Now they feel like they've arrived and they have some kind of control over people. And, you know, and I've seen it with my own eyes. They don't have control over themselves. So it's very hard, you know, when you don't have control over yourself to then lead a flock or a congregation. And then, you know, I think that really starts to get into a gray area of advantage and what I can use to make myself feel better about me. How can I gain an advantage over somebody? Once again, I mean, I, you know, maybe this is an unpopular take, but that whole piece there to me is, you know, I don't know if fascinating is the right word, but I would say that it's very interesting to me when you see people in certain positions within the church that profess to look out for the best interests of other people that don't. Yeah, it's super infuriating. I mean, going back to Rob's original point, right? I mean, we see this, the church... We have uh, even like in the modern movement when um, when yoga became really popular in the United States, especially in the 70s and 80s, he had all these yogis coming over there. But it basically was how many women could I get to sleep with me as their spiritual guru? Right. I mean, so this is there is something in human nature. So Christianity would deeply say we are we have sinned. Right. There's an original break in relationship um, and. And it's hard to figure out where God is with that. And unless we confess and acknowledge that, like just admit, like, okay, like there's a brokenness and I've got to, that, that breach needs to be repaired. What we're going to do is we're going to find other things that we consider ultimate. So the organization of the church, 
of the ashram uh, or the yogi studio or whatever it is, the mosque can become that place that ultimately tells you your worth. And if you follow its rules, it'll you can get, as, as we've seen, elevated all the way up to the top. Because what you're doing is you're abiding by its rules, but it's not telos or teleological living. Uh, because while you can do all of the outward signs of things, as Jesus would say, uh, you're a whitewashed tomb, right? The tomb, the tombstone's all clean, but we know what's under the ground, right? So it it is um, fascinating. It has to do a lot with insecurity and powerlessness. It has a lot to do with really people who I think have been unloved and don't know what love is. And so they, they want to force themselves in whatever way on other people. And um, that's why you have to know the essence of your religion. So people ask me, why are you still a Christian? And my answer is really still pretty simple because of Jesus. Jesus changed my life. And that's the kind of person I want to be. There's a lot of other debates within Christianity, believe me, so many. And there are um, in other religions and between the religions and all that. But if I am not at the end of the day um, pursuing the depth of that kind of selfless love or servant-oriented love, then then what am I doing? You know, like, and I think I don't understand how other religious organizations, other than everybody likes power, power and money corrupt everything and everyone. And unless you stay in tune with your ultimate, um, with your ultimate center, with God, with Jesus, with Allah, you know, with, uh, with the universe for some people, with a higher power and, and know that that means, I think kind of fundamentally, it's not about you. Like they're, the people who rise above all of that uh, are giving away themselves. They're not selfless in the sense that they have no personhood anymore, but they they use their power differently to lift in it, it other people up. And so you see service, you see love, you see people who actually understand good relationships need healthy boundaries. I mean, you just you see the marks of of it showing up in people's lives, and you go, huh. And that's where Rob was saying, in some ways, there are a lot of people who are from different faiths that you might get together and go, man, I've got a whole lot more in common with those people on some level than I do, like, you know, one of the popes or bishops or pastors or <laughs> imams or something that I am regularly associating with. So, yeah, it's fascinating. And I'm, I know people have done lots of work on different levels trying to explore why, but... Um, when you put yourself as just an autonomous, self-interested person at the center of everything, it'll all fall apart. Everything in your life will fall apart. Because that's not how love works and, or how relationships work. Jason, if somebody comes to you and is really struggling, trying to find their soul, hmm. their authentic self, you know, how would you help guide somebody through that? Wow, man, it's, it's complex because it's almost it feels like it's different every time. I think what's really interesting is is etymologically the word worth and worship are tied together, right? So worship is just worth-ship. So I really start to help people define like what do you really what do you really think has ultimate worth in this world? Is it really God? You know, people say, "Oh, it's God." And I'm like, "You know, okay." And, and you know, you don't see him at church except for Christmas and Easter. And you're like, really? Is it God? Well, yeah, I don't think that. And you start exploring around then, well, what does that mean? 
and and what does it mean to go deeper into what they think is ultimate worth because what they think of as ultimate worth defines their own self-worth as a human being and so if i really believe i'm a human being made in the image of god um, and that image looks like jesus then it's it's helpful to people to get there but usually you're finding that they're chasing after what other people say should be important it's really not too difficult in the end Oh, well, I, I should I should have had a million dollars at this point in my career. I'm like, so a million dollars is what gives you worth, or, you know, um, you know, I'm still a virgin. You know, I get a lot, get some of that still these days. You know, like what's wrong with me? And I and they're chasing a relationship, or, you know, it's all sorts of various things that they think is going to define them as a, as a person and uh, God in relationship with us from a Christian perspective def- defines worth in our in in our humanity itself and but then what does that mean and then you have to start unpacking what it looks like and at a core everybody's course out of that is different but it's it's a worth and worship issue so it's a good question but that's really where i tend to go you talked about that too don't you talked about the healthy boundaries jason just now about relationship and we teach that in fact that's what you know episode six task six is all about declare you're done what's your done zone where do you where do you say this far and no farther and these principles of, of being understanding, being compassionate with people you know, who hurt you, uh, that really jumped out at me, the Talos thing. I hadn't, didn't know about that. I want to understand mm. more about the Talos because what jumped into my mind is an image, a word picture is uh, when I do land nav or land navigation. You know, I'm, I'm, I, have a, I admit to having a poor natural sense of direction that surprises people, but I'm an expert at navigation. You give me a topo map and a, a silver ranger compass and I'll be anywhere you want whenever you want. Uh, I pick the highest feature that won't change on the horizon, and I walk to it. That's the Talos, effectively. Mm. I'm walking to the, the tall pine or a, a certain jagged peak, and I, I'll get my bearing, and I'll figure it out. But I know that I'm always ending up there if I keep doing what I'm doing, and that yeah. helps to avoid what you were talking about, Eric, with the zigging and zagging. Yes. I'm not going to chase every little popular whim of the culture that says you're only going to be sexy if you wear this kind of uh, shirt. Right. You know, or, or, or people won't like you if, well, Good luck, people. If you really think if, if if your world revolves around whether you like me or not, I don't care. So if that mattered to you, you got to zig somewhere else because I I'm gonna go for that tall pine with the you know the the feature on it that I recognize, the talus, the walk toward it, and the zig and zag, and and that's what I think that authenticity. We're all on we're all somewhere on the spectrum of inauthenticity. I have to acknowledge that. Yeah, P- human beings. But you're both talking about these issues of hurt, of wounding, of of, of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have those issues too, of course. Every person does somewhere, but it really does dial in the inauthenticity as we try to be an approvable version of what we think is is okay. John talked about that too, John McCaskill in the, in the third episode. Yes. About, you know, it's not, he did. I, I got to be whatever they say is okay, whatever gets rewarded. And unfortunately, today's political environment is so rewarding of. Uh, of behaviors that are that are harmful to the, the the fabric of our society itself. Yes, we need some more character to come into the scene. It's it's tough, and and show you how how easy. And I think Eric was pointing this when he brought it up earlier. How easy it gets off the rails. So we have to sort of continually acknowledge that it's a continuous journey, and we're going to fall short, right? So in the Christian tradition, you have this thing, and if you're Catholic, you understand it even more acutely, called confession, which is meant to go in and talk to someone 
and reconcile those unreconciled parts and then to commit to doing things to change that about yourself, right? It's an ultimate form of acknowledgement and accountability. But you'll have people that'll, that'll go to confession, right? Check it off a list. Oh, I checked off confession. I went in there and told him I boozed it up a little bit too much, slept with too many people, and uh, stole from the boss. I got a few Hail Marys and some Our Fathers, and I'm good to go. So the whole original point of that practice, that habit of confession, which meant to be was meant to be for a specific purpose of, of acknowledging um, our failing and, and not in shame, but in being real and then finding path forward with a person who will, in a sense, hold you accountable to that. Um, turns into, I got to check it off the box to say, I'm good with God. You know, I got my fire insurance in case something happens. And that is the thing that you we always have to be on guard about because that's not what that practice was for. And then, of course, other Christians or people going, well, they, they, they see people abusing that practice and go, well, we're going to do it differently. We're going to do it in an authentic way. But every, and I've been a part of multiple denominations in my life, uh, grew up Roman Catholic and, and, and other evangelical things after that, Anglican, my wife is Anglican. So I get it all from all perspectives, how these other things are meant to be course corrections, but because of the nature, the pride, the self-interest, self-defense, self-justification that everybody wants to do. They'll take everything that was meant for good, the religious habits that you need. And we all have habits. And so people are like, oh, I just, it's all spirit. Well, there's no such thing. You don't have a spirit outside your body or a soul outside your body any more than we don't have life outside of creation. Physical reality matters. And so physical practices actually matter. You know, um, you can't just imagine yourself someplace and get there. You have to do things, but you have to do things for the right reason. But that's just, that's how easily it goes off the rails. And it can go off the rails really quickly with these things that were beautifully crafted for good turn into, uh, I went to confession more times than you did. You know, that kind of mentality. I'm a better Christian, which is like the whole wrong mentality. And that's a lot of the church. Yeah, isn't that like driven by social media, though, to, to some degree? I mean, I think yeah. I, I would have to think a lot of that is kind of festered more in recent years because it's, you know, yeah, everybody wants this stereotypical look or feel of a life that they think everybody else has, and you know, I have to imagine that a lot of that is driven. It is by trying to look like you're doing the right. The thing. image machine. I think I think you're right. And Eric, if you see, there's another practice because social media is a habit, um, and you you will say what they're really looking for is for someone to justify them. Oh, you're pretty. Oh, you're tough. Oh, you're, you're a commando. Like uh, uh, Rob will talk about the, uh, the Amazon commandos, you know, the weekend warrior kind of like, okay, like you're putting it out there because not because you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, here's my life. And I like sharing my life. There's something basic and good about community. Even online community can be good. But because we're so driven, I mean, psychologists will tell you, I, I started noticing it, um, I think, before I read an article about it. But people who have a lot of selfies, it's a reflection of something. Like, what, what do you, you're, you're, you're basically saying, I don't know myself. I need approval. I need validation constantly, you know, not occasionally, hey, I look good you know, once every eight months or something. I like this out. But like every day, multiple times a day. And I would say I've, I've noticed a couple times before people got divorced when their spouses, 
um, you could watch their social media. Their spouses would disappear from their social media slowly. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're showing their workout routine and their new makeup or, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, wow. I'm thinking of a couple girls. I know some men do it too. Like here I am getting tough or here's my car. And then, you know, but I know a couple of the most recent. Three Yes, that's right. So like, uh, so you can see it. I mean, social media is just a way for us to, uh, in some way, almost, um, free association journal through pictures or Facebook comments. Like we just put it out there and it's unregulated. It's not through the center of ourselves. It's often reactionary. It's often needy. And, uh, and yeah, it's, I think that's a real spiritual soul challenge in our world because it's a medium that plays to our basic desires and insecurities. And you have to be the people who use it well, um, they use everything else well too. They have a center. They know what they're about. They know why they're doing it, and they know how to use the tool. It's still a tool, but you know, you give a toddler a hammer. Guess what happens? <laughs> so things will get broken that you didn't want to get broken. Yes, yes. That, so uh, this is something that I think a lot of people are going to want today when when they hear hear it today, and when they hear it in a year and in five years. I think we're seeing a trend socially in the U.S. and the West in the world that people are starting to wake up to the fact that we need character. We need more integrity. We need to have mm. more because we're literally potentially going to blow ourselves up as a species yeah. if we don't start getting back to fundamentals of respect and dignity and assuring that people voices are heard. Um, how will people find you? To get to keep to catch up with Jason Winsky and ask ask questions about this and 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 seek some not I won't say guidance but just like hey how do we talk about this how do we open up this conversation how do they reach you uh, when they hear this I want to make sure we we have uh, you accessible and Eric accessible for the for the listeners you know I think uh, a lot of what I channel through right now for a broader audience than because I think you have to begin local and local here at reaching our city. Dot org. That's my local nonprofit. And we do have a chapel, so I'm really more of a chaplain now. Um, so I'm still doing that ministry side, but it's a lot bigger. You know, when you do good in the world and you start connecting with other people, you know, it's it's easy here in Oklahoma City to do that. But the way to get a hold of me personally is is through our Impact Actual website and through my email there, which is just Jason at ImpactActual.com. I love to engage people in these conversations. I, I I know where I stand in my faith and in my life choices, but in no way does that exclude people who don't make those same choices. Um, I have a lot of friends from a lot of different religions and different backgrounds and different denominations, um, because I'm I'm hopefully I know what my calling is. I know I don't do it perfectly, but I call to, to love all people, like whoever you are, wherever you're at. That's how I want to roll and to be a listener, to be a learner, um, to know I don't have every answer right. So reach out to me, Jason at ImpactActual.com. If you're not in Oklahoma City, if you are, let's get a cup of coffee and talk. Fantastic. And, you know, that is a, that's a very worthy cause. People can tell you're, where you're coming from and therefore they know that rock is something they can get behind if they are local. Jump over there. See how you can help out. Pitch in with re- re- uh, reaching our city. Yes, Absolutely. And we will, as an organization, be for Impact Actual, uh, creating opportunities to do good together in this world. 
You know, I have a lot of connections. And it, again, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. I think one of the things that we look in, in terms of ultimate things beyond um, some of the paths people take to get there is the, the encouragement and empowerment to do good and do good together. And we're going to be having some of those things, as you know, Rob, and, and maybe Eric a little bit, um, where we're planning trips and locations and projects that we can put our collective power behind to do good in the world. Making a difference. Making That's a why difference. I talk about, you know, our, our people, the, our community is the makers. Change makers, difference makers, impact makers. Um, I'll sign off today with uh, with the, the, you know, go get them, go make some more makers. Uh, Eric, how do people get a hold of you? Easiest way to track me down is uh, Instagram at Eric Philip Bond. And that's Philip with two L's. Bond like the James. This is great stuff, guys. I'm so excited we can lay down this track and, and help people start thinking about these things. We're not judging. In fact, we're the opposite of judging in this. We're saying, dude, this is not judge worthy. It's not cool to judge people because I have fronted before. I have faked. I have lived moments and seasons of my life in falseness. And I know why. I know I've been insecure about things. I've had a, a path of pain. And, and so we're all just kind of figuring it out together, right? Yeah. Like you say, it doesn't matter what denomination, faith, non-faith a person is. Don't be a dick. Let's find out a way to help others make a difference in the world. Make a difference. Makers, right? Yeah. So this is really, really an important part of our conversation. And now we've wrapped up the first of the four powers, body, mind, heart, and soul, with this episode. So I want people to start expanding their minds. Check out the previous episodes and check out the ones to come because we're going to go all the way through the 12 tasks and then far, far beyond that. Guys, thank you so much for coming on today and making this blessing for the community of humans. You know what, Rob? I'm sorry. I got to cut in here real quick at the end. And I didn't ask you guys this, but when you were in the Ozarks, now, did you guys get the rattlesnake out and like, you know, <laughs> do that stuff that they do down there, you know, start preaching with the rattlesnakes right. and stuff? Or do you leave that? You there guys was, leave that out. There was no snake handling. And also per the Netflix show, there was no meth. No, we're, we were a different part of the Ozarks, I think, or just we avoided it altogether. But I did get to meet Jason Bateman. That was awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Boom. <laughs> you, yeah. Good stuff. Have yeah. an amazing, yeah, amazing week, all you makers. And go out there and find a way. Find a way to make a small difference because that's what you've been given. Whether you believe you were created consciously or by an accident of the universe, just get out there and use the life you have. Make a difference. And have a groovy week, and we'll see you next episode. Out. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.